Welcome to The Week Ahead in Russia, RFERL's Monday podcast about significant developments and upcoming events in Moscow and beyond. I'm Steve Gutterman, and my guest this week is Irina Ogunina, Director of Special Projects at RFERL's Russian Service. Thanks for joining me today, Irina. Oh, thank you for inviting, Steve. All right. It's great to have you on as a guest again. Well, of course, we are going to talk about the elections, the three-day balloting, which ended yesterday uh, for the State Duma, uh, Russia's lower house of parliament, of course, and as well, and local and regional elections as well. Now, my first question is, is just about the backdrop of the elections, the context in which they were held. Sam Green, director of the Russia Institute at King's College London, uh, wrote just ahead of the voting that these were, uh, quote, the most repressive Duma elections yet. Irene, I think we've both covered several uh, Duma elections, maybe all of them since 1993, uh, two years after the Soviet Union fell apart. Would you agree with that statement that uh, that the situation, the atmosphere for these elections was the most repressive yet? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and there are, of course, a lot of factors that contributed. I would start probably first with the fact that all those uh, opposition candidates that uh, uh, could have had at least a little bit of public support, maybe marginal, uh, but still they would get votes away from United Russia Party or any other uh, pro-Kremlin parties um, in Russia. They were either banned uh, from uh, uh, participating in the elections uh, uh, through the court system that uh, uh, gave them like criminal code sentences and they couldn't participate, or they were directly physically harassed. Uh, or their families were harassed and they were forced to leave the country. Uh, so the whole team of uh, the main opposition candidate, Alexei Navalny, uh, who is in prison himself right now, the whole team was dismantled. Uh, the majority of the leaders of Navalny uh, movement uh, were forced to leave the country. Uh, the second uh, factor in these elections is that uh, there is, uh, for the first time uh, since the collapse of the Soviet Union, there are no uh, foreign uh, uh, observers of uh, these elections. Uh, OSC decided not to send a team because Russia limited uh, the number of the uh, people who could monitor the elections. And uh, with this number that Russia left, uh, OSC could not fulfill its Mission, right. uh, in Russia. Uh, the uh, uh, other group, the very popular group and powerful group uh, in Russia, which is called Movement Golas, mm -hmm. uh, Movement Vote, uh, were, uh, was proclaimed a so-called foreign agent and uh, they were not really able to uh, monitor, even though they really tried. Mm -hmm. And of course, we uh, over those three days, uh, we were uh, following closely uh, their monitoring uh, results. Uh, there, by the way, they registered officially registered uh, practically three thousand uh, irregularities and uh, cases of fraud uh, and uh, manipulations uh, with the uh, bulletins, uh, so on and so forth. We'll probably talk about this later. Uh, so, the, and the third factor, major factor, is that uh, uh, all the free media that. Uh, 
uh, uh, still remains in Russia, was also kind of labeled for an agent and uh, that made uh, uh, ahead of the elections and that made uh, uh, it difficult for a certain uh, media like Medusa, for example, who lost a lot of money on advertisement uh, to work full scale like they would have uh, done it, uh, even though, of course, everybody tried and did their best uh, to cover those elections. Yeah, so it sounds like kind of a, I mean, it's a great description, it's kind of a three-pronged assault or or multi-pronged uh, effort to uh, to create this kind of atmosphere. Um for 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 these elections and and even the, I mean it was the first time the Duma election was held over three days, um, and then I guess online voting another source according to critics of you know potential fraud so that's the atmosphere now let's talk about the results um, I mean the results according to the Central Election Commission uh, and what they might mean in the coming months and years. I believe uh, somewhat final results are to be issued uh, in, a, in a couple hours, um, but uh, it's certainly clear now that, uh, according to the official results, United Russia, uh, the Kremlin-controlled party, will um, is, is certainly on track to retain its constitutional two-thirds majority in the Duma. Um, some predictions saying 315 uh, seats or so out of the 450. Um, so I'll, I'll ask, uh, you know, a simple question, but I realize the answer or answers may not be so simple. Um, who is the winner or who are the winners in these elections? And I'll sneak another question in, I guess, what what is your main conclusion about about what this election means for Russia's future? Uh, well, I don't think that there is a winner there, uh, even though the uh, circumstances of the vote uh, where there was no real choice uh, for people to give their uh, vote if they are not supporting uh, the uh, United Russia Party uh, were pretty slim. So uh, I would say that uh, the subjective winner of those elections is are, are communists. Uh, because uh, in the situation when there is no choice, uh, people who would hardly vote for communists in their clear mind uh, were forced to give their uh, vote to uh, communist candidates. And uh, in, there were several regions where uh, communist candidates actually uh, took the majority of the vote. Now, that uh, doesn't uh, show that Russian society is back to uh, communist thinking. Uh, they even say sometimes that, uh, in fact, uh, the majority in Duma will be held by the uh, former communists uh, who now turned into United uh, Russia. And uh, on the second place are the former communists who are now uh, turned into social democrats. Right. Uh, so... Um, I think that actually this uh, uh, describes the picture better than uh, than the names of the party. Uh, so, uh, yeah, communists won. Uh, it's going to be interesting because in the past, uh, communists didn't really uh, necessarily support what the United Russia offered. Uh, I mean... Frankly, they have their own cockroaches, <laughs> but uh, uh, but at least there will be some sort of uh, 
debate and uh, some sort of uh, uh, probably uh, opposition uh, vote in future Duma, uh, which will change the scene a little bit uh, in the Russian parliament. Uh, for the long term, I think that um, uh, people actually realized that uh, uh, that this victory uh, of uh, United Russia, and I think we can already uh, say this word, uh, that this victory will not replicate itself next elections. Uh, because uh, what we saw right now is a tremendous uh, state machine thrown into, uh, you know, getting the result that they wanted. Uh, you mentioned the online uh, voting. Uh, in Russia, they call it electronic right. uh, voting. And uh, uh, one of the examples, for example, is that the Central Electoral Committee uh, kept on uh, electronic votes in Moscow, where there were two million people uh, voted, uh, kept till uh, morning because uh, probably they were thinking what to do with uh, what they got uh, if if at least if in during physical vote there is there was some sort of monitoring uh, some sort of control and uh, a lot of cases of uh, you know throwing in uh, bulletins uh, carousels uh, and stuff like this a, lo a lot of things were were discovered and stopped uh, there is no control in electronic vote uh, nothing. So they can do whatever they uh, practically want with it. Uh, and the scale of the fraud in this election also shows how fragile uh, the mm, so-called support of the ruling party. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting in, in future, probably, if uh, people will uh, not... Uh, Kind of, if people will abandon their apathy, right in the next elections. No, I think that's that's a very good question. Kind of, you know, it looks like United Russia has preserved its con constitutional majority, but at quite a quite a big cost in terms of uh, apparent alleged fraud. Um, you know, getting getting United Russia from a popularity rating of I think below thirty percent lately. You know, to this. Uh, situation where they win more than two-thirds of the seats in the Duma. So, you know, to, uh, I guess the Kremlin may have gotten what it wanted or what it felt it could get away with this time in terms of the uh, preserving the constitutional majority. Um, but, um, you know, as you say, I think, there, you know, there may be a kind of a limit to, to how long people will kind of uh, go along with this. Um, you mentioned a couple of very interesting things. Um uh, one, the communists, uh, you know, they benefited uh, from this Navalny's smart voting initiative as well, where he urged people to vote for whoever could potentially beat United Russia. Um, and so they are getting, um, benefiting from that and certainly from the protest vote against against United Russia. Um, and so we'll see. And, and, you know, will they try to become more of a uh, forceful kind of uh, you know opposition um, group. Um, it looked when the initial results came out last night. I think in the party list voting, they were, they had twenty five percent, which seemed 
you know, and, and quite. Uh, but, but now that's down to below twenty percent, I believe. So, um, uh, you know, we'll we'll see uh, how many how many seats they get. Uh, but yeah, absolutely something. Yeah, still, but uh, you know, uh, one more moment which is interesting in these elections is that for the first time, uh, people in eastern Ukraine who got Russian passports were allowed to vote. And United Russia also got from them because we had a vox pop in Donetsk mm-hmm. uh, yesterday and the Ukrainian service uh, of RFURL uh, talked to people there. And, uh, of course, it's not representative. It's not a poll. Right. It's a vox pop. But they couldn't find anybody who would say that they voted for communists or Yablaka or any other party, even just Russia. No. Uh, everybody voted for United Russia and uh, everybody was happy to do it and... Uh, like one of the ladies said, oh, I voted for Putin because he is so stable. Uh, so uh, that added to, uh, to, to to the votes. For yeah, him. absolutely. The, using the Donbass, I forget uh, the number, uh, you know, of, of people who were given passports, Russian passports, and uh, enabled to to vote. You know, people in in Ukraine. Um, uh, but uh, that's that seems to have been quite a factor as well. Um, and another thing that, for critics of the Kremlin, you know, adds to the kind of delegitimizing uh, nature of of these elections. One other thing I think you mentioned that I just want to uh, want to mention is the electronic voting. Um, you know, I think we still don't have the results from Moscow, unless I missed them. But um, you know, the idea that these are, as you, as you said, you know, these are apparently pretty opaque. You know, they can do what they want. And um, some people have been calling this election kind of a, a rehearsal practice for the 2024 elections that should be held, you know, when Putin uh, now has the right to run for another term. Um, and, of course, if he does, and if he doesn't, if he tries to uh, put in a, a favorite successor, Either way, you know, obviously the Kremlin is going to want uh, the best results possible. And um, I believe the electronic voting was tested in seven regions in this election. And um, if they, you know, Kremlin critics are saying if they if they install it, uh, implement it throughout the country in 2024, then, you know, you're going to have a recipe for. An election whose whose real results are going to be even harder to to know to determine than than this one. So I'll um, leave it at that. We're running out of time, Irina. Thanks very much for your insights. Uh, it's great to have you on the show again. Thank you, Steve. Okay, I'll be back again next Monday, and please keep an eye out on Friday for my Week in Russia newsletter. Thanks for listening. <laughs>